This is your host, T. This is your host, Tia. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Top 10. Why? Geek Vibes Nation. Geek Vibes Nation. 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 The Top 10. The Top 10. You like that, right? <laughs> oh my god, why does this always take so long to freaking start recording? Alright, there we are, we're here. Hello, hello, hello everyone. Welcome back to another Top 10 with Tia for Geek Fives Nation. As I just said right now, and as the introductory music just said, uh, this is the Top 10 with Tia. I'm Tia, and we really need to change that, by the way, to the Top 10 with Tia and Brittany, because I always have Brittany with me. How are you this morning? I don't even like you. No, sure. <laughs> um, it's about the normal uh, thing. I feel like always at the start of the podcast, I always at least have one cat, and one of the cats is trying to burrow into the bed. I don't know where he's going, but he's trying. He's trying. I have Lady next to me, Lady the dog, if you are new here. Um, she's always chilling with me. She's my shadow, my number one, my uh, my home skillet here. And, uh, well, now I'm jealous. It's just me and Lady against the world. <laughs> oh, my <gosh. laughs> But um, this is our last top ten before Christmas. So, first of all, happy, you know, holidays. Merry Christmas, everyone out there. Merry Christmas, Brittany. Um, Merry Christmas. And to top off our last Christmas top 10, it's going to be our top 10 Christmas songs. Now, for Halloween, we did a top 10 Halloween songs, and it apparently did really well. So you guys apparently like hearing us talk about music. Um, So that's cool. We would have done a top 10 Thanksgiving songs if those existed, because as Brittany knows, knows, Thanksgiving is actually my favorite holiday but it does not get enough love out here. It does, and the poor turkey. The poor turkey, the underdog here, the turkey. Um, But we are doing the top ten Christmas songs. Um, It could be anything from, like, the super traditional Christmas song to something that you just listen to and you feel very festive. It could be a modern-day adaptation of a Christmas song. I don't care. If uh, you just like the generic song, let me know. If you like the song performed by a specific person, let me know. But I think this is going to be good. Um, I want to say that, like, for me, I was looking yesterday, right? And a lot of Christmas songs are just the traditional Christmas songs, right? And then a lot of them are kind of religious because obviously Christmas is, you know, I mean, it's a, at this point, it's such a commercial holiday, right? But it did originate, obviously, as a Christian holiday. Um, so a lot of the songs are like religious and ones that I remember from church. <laughs> so it's like, oh, okay. It's different than like Halloween where you could have a lot of fun with it, you know? Well, it's like, it is, you know, Christmas has, like, it's so deep set in tradition. There is definitely, like, the very traditional songs. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is so funny, by the way. Um, 
this really doesn't have a whole lot to do with it, but I saw yesterday Dr. Fauci said that uh, he, like, put out a message to kids saying that he personally vaccinated Santa. <laughs> he went to the North Pole. Oh, like, <laughs> I thought that was cute. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, speaking of that, just on that, that note, I didn't realize how fast they were rolling out the vaccines because it already came to my town where a bunch of the nurses were already getting it. And I was, like, impressed. I was like, I thought this was going to, like, take longer to even get anything over here. It was the uh, Pfizer one. They actually ended up getting, like, the, the super cooler that they needed to be able to have it. Yeah, um, they definitely Pfizer vaccine here in New York. I actually saw on my own Facebook a old friend of mine who's a nurse now get um, the vaccine. So, you know, I mean, hopefully it'll do something. I saw this cool thing where Ian McKellen, you know, the guy who plays Magneto, uh, publicly got vaccine and it's like uh kanan posted on twitter saying no word yet if he uh gains his mutant powers back as a result oh my gosh (laughs) could you imagine i'd be like okay uh, i need it now and i need it right now that's not not a bad side effect man can i have some mutant powers (laughs) yeah i take some mutant powers unless it'd be like you know like the characters that like get the like crazy mutant powers where it's like oh their vomit is like acidic and can burn through everything i'm like yeah like no thank you no thanks i want magneto's powers that i definitely want control metal that'd be fucking cool right I didn't realize how, like, important his powers were, like, like oh, how powerful until you sit there and you go, oh, yeah, metals and everything. Like, when with Wolverine, I was like, oh, well, you know, the first time they face off and you see that he can literally pick them up because there's all that metal in his body. And I'm like, oh, if you have any kind of implant, anything, like, you know, titanium bone, you know, like when they replace stuff, you're doomed. He's got you. Don't you remember the scene in the second X-Men movie with Ty Olsen as, like, the security guard, and he literally just, like, oh, yes. rips, just, like rips the iron out of his body because I guess he had something to eat or drink that had a lot of iron in it, and I was like, that's bugged out. <laughs> I know, like, she, in- it was a mystique, and she injected him with a needle, and it had, like, liquid metal in it, and it could pull up, like, in him to do i don't know it was gross mystique also would be a cool power i don't care if i was blue that'd be fine <laughs> i know i mean what's the point of being like not caring if you're blue if you're gonna literally like change your appearance yeah i mean now listen, i'm just there's... thinking it uh, now i'm thinking of that scene where it's like i want to see the real you i said the <laughs> real you perfection <laughs> perfection <laughs> It's Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> I'd be like, go back to go back to Rebe- Rebecca Romaine. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. No, no shade to Jennifer Lawrence. No shade to Jennifer Lawrence. Those this movies. Is a name I've heard in a long time. I feel like she's like not not anything against her. I just feel like she should dropped off a little bit. I don't hear about her constantly in the news like I did. You know, whenever uh, Hunger Games was, you know, real big. I think she took a break because she was, say, the it actress that was in everything. She just got thrown to the wall with projects. And I think when you're that young and you're just getting into the business and then for it to just be so much, you need a bit of a break, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, 
So I, I think that's what it was. But we are doing we are not doing anything on mutants or X Men today. We need we to do X Men now. Let, let's 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 put that in the future. Let's let's put a pin in that. I would be cool with that. Like, write it down, Brittany. We have to remember to do that. But obviously there's that. By the way, okay, now speaking of X-Men, right? Yesterday um, I did a podcast talking about the show Inhumans that came out in 2017 and how bad it was. It was so bad. And you know I always try and see, like, the positives in shows, especially if they're a Marvel project. But there was nothing good about this show at all. And it reminded me because, like, when the show came out, right, um, it was back when Disney didn't have um, X-Men back. So Inhumans are essentially, say, another X-Men group. But they were, but they were a property of Disney and Marvel at the time, so they were going to use them. But it was just, it was so bad, Brittany. And like, you want to talk about the lamest powers? They have the lamest oh, powers. Please give me an example. Um, well, one person, could, this woman Medusa, could control things with her hair, which, like, uh, you know, oh. I guess it could be kind of cool at some point. But literally in the show, they like shave her head the first episode so she doesn't have those pests so then she's just useless like she gets a haircut and so she becomes useless um and then you have like haircut well so really quick the whole thing is that you have black bolt and medusa they are married and black bolt is the leader of this you know moon world that they live on um and uh, Black Bolt's brother Maximus, played by the same guy who is going to play Liam in American Gods, um, he he's the brother of Black Bolt, and it's very like Loki and Thor, where Maximus doesn't think that Black Bolt can rule properly and that he wants to overthrow him, and so he does. And in order to make sure that Medusa can't fight back, he has her head shaved as a result. Oh, shit. That's, like, bad when it's, like, oh, powers that can be, like, easily, like, taken off like that. But it's very, um, oh, Samson, right? Is that who I'm thinking of that got his power through his hair? Who's that? I don't know who that is. In what thing? It's a biblical story. Oh, well, you know. I'm Catholic. We don't read the Bible. <laughs> but yeah, sorry. Um, but we'll talk about Inhumans at another point. We are doing Christmas songs here, Brittany. <laughs> Christmas songs. Um, so funny. My God! But before we do that, you know, I always got to give a quick shout out to our friends over at Stranger Damies. Stranger Damies, which is a real play D and D podcast, I believe. And you know, I don't know like anything about D and D, but I think I saw recently that they just finished their first campaign or their first season or something like that. They finished something and now they're going to go on to the next storyline or something like that. But you can check them out at Stranger Danies on Twitter and Instagram to find out more. The guys over there are amazing. They're from the Main Danie family of podcasts. I listen to their other podcasts. They call this a movie all the time. So make sure you check them out on social media. You can also find them at Geek Fives Nation because they are very good friends of ours. They're part of our network. So make sure you check them out, all right? But 
Brittany, we are doing the top 10 Christmas songs. Um, I actually got a lot more options than I thought I was going to get, but I'm interested to see what the number 10 is. So why don't you kick us off? I'm going to go with a classic. I'm going to go with Frosty the Snowman. (laughs) The Christmas songs are so big, like especially when you're a kid and you're like getting that like, you know, Christmas spirit. And it's like, for me, the song was always so cute about like, oh, you know, you build a snowman and you like as a kid, I didn't know what a corn cob pipe meant. I was like, I don't, do you smoke corn out of it? Do, uh, until you realize, oh, that's what they made the actual pipe out of. And then you feel really stupid as a kid. But, uh, you're not stupid, Brent. No, thanks, Brent. What would you say? Not then, not ever. Oh, that's the sweetest thing she's ever said to me. Let's write that down. Write it down. Write it down. No, but uh, no, I love that song just growing up because especially when I was getting ready as a kid to like, in Arkansas, it doesn't snow super often. Like, I feel like New York, like, it, it's never a winter without snow, at least to some degree. And so when I was a kid, it's like, oh, you could go a couple of Christmas without even a single snow. It might flurry. So whenever you would, like, get enough snow to be able to build an actual snowman, it's like, obviously, you're thinking of the, you're thinking of the song. It's like, I remember, though, we didn't have no, like, top hat to put on it. So we'd always, like, steal one of my dad's hats and, like, you know, one of those kind of, like, ball cap type of hats to, like, slip onto it. And I remember we whipped a snowman up so so long that it would be like just a melted head with just the hat still on it with like the rocks for eyes but obviously as you're building a snowman you've got to sing frosty the snowman though thinking about it now i was like as an adult i would be freaked the hell out if i built a snowman and it just suddenly came to life and wanted to play with me all day do you remember there – I'm going to get to the Frosty Snowman in a second, but do you remember there was a move? there was a year when two Jack Frost movies came out, and, like, one was good, but one was, like, a horror movie? Yes, <laughs> and, and the other one was the Keanu Reeves – not Keanu Reeves, oh, my God. I meant um, – Michael Keaton was the Frosty Michael was Jack Keaton. Why did I say Keanu I don't know. But anyway. He was in the good one. He was in the happy one. The good one. Okay. So to me, if I built a snowman and it came to life, it would be like the bad Jack Frost movie. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, man. That's how it would feel like. But, yes, Frosty Snowman is a classic, of course. I love the cartoon growing up. It's a catchy jingle. Um, in New York, actually, we just had a snowstorm p- last week that lasted about three days. We got a substantial amount of snow, which is Jeez. which is weird because last year we didn't get practically any snow, like at all. Um, we had like a dusting at some point. Um, and this year was just totally like a surprise that we had all of a sudden all this snow. We could have probably made snowmen. We just didn't leave our home because, you know, quarantine. Um, but, um, yeah, I love this. I'm actually one of those weird people that love the snow. Like, that's why I always say that I wouldn't want to move out of New York because I actually do love the season. So, um, 
I don't know. Frosty Snowman's cute. I feel like it's a classic. You need to play it. And I feel like plenty of children grew up listening to it and singing it and probably want to make snowmen afterwards. There was something I was going to say about that, about, like, oh, the snow and stuff. I was going to say, like, I I really enjoy the snow. I wish we would get some snow. Like, here in Arkansas, when they're like, oh, it might snow, you're, like, staring outside. Because here, especially because they don't salt the roads, you're like, oh, I'm getting out of school today. I'm getting out of work today. Uh, they they prepare so much here for snow. They, like, go ham. You'll see, like, two layers of salt on the ground before snow even touches the ground. But um, to me, I thought snowing this year would be great because we're home. It's the first year where I don't have to drive to work. And to me, I'm like, I don't give a shit if it snows. I ain't going anywhere anyway. So that's fine with me. Um, But, yeah, so great way to start off the list, Brittany, with Frosty Snowman. I'm going to get the next one. And so uh, let me write it down, actually. So my song isn't like a lyrical song, right? It's just an instrumental song. But I love it so much. Um, and it's, you never played Guitar Hero, did you? Because this is what introduced me to the song. Uh, I've dabbled in Guitar Hero. Okay, so at the end of the third Guitar Hero, the song that you, like, the final song that you have to play to beat the game is a rendition of We Three Kings by this guy, Steve Omet. Um, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name exactly correct but it's this instrumental version of we three kings and i think it's one of the best like it's one of the best renditions it's to me i just love it it's like so epic it's like it's a you know it's a it's a christmas song but just with like the epic power of rock right and it's very to me at first i didn't realize that the person who did it was this Steve Omet guy. I thought at first that it was the Trans Siberian Orchestra, and I have to I say that, and, that too. And I have to say, right? Like I was gonna do this at, so this is my first pick, and say like pretty much anything that Trans Siberian Orchestra does, I love, and they do a lot of their own versions of Christmas songs. So anything that they do is amazing. Um, but yeah, so this. We Three Kings, the one I'm thinking of specifically, the one that was at the end of Guitar Hero 3, is not a Trans-Siberian Orchestra rendition, but it's so epic. It's like, it makes you think that a Christmas song is cool because of how epic it is. <laughs> they takes the childish out of it. Well, yeah, like, for, for me, I do enjoy a lot of, like, especially christmas songs where there is no words it is just like i think it is more kind of almost powerful that way because you're more of just focusing like on the emotion of it and especially if you heard it like played during like say a movie and stuff you'd be like man the soundtrack's really banging <laughs> this is a banger here <laughs> <laughs> this thing slaps is that what they say now <laughs> yeah i would i would be sitting there like I loved playing that game just to get to the final one. And then once you unlocked it, being able to go back and just play it. Because I just remember the build-up where it's like, and you're like, oh, it's coming. It's coming. (laughs) I loved it. So 
This definitely is going to be my number nine just because, again, it's like I just love that whole rock orchestra instrumental sort of feel to it that, again, is so reminiscent of the Trans-Siberian Orchestra. They also do their own version of We Three Kings, and it is good, but I think that this guy, Steve Omet, or I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but I think he did a really phenomenal job, and you can listen to it on YouTube, and I just think it's a, it's a banger. It's a banger. <laughs> I was going to say about, like, songs, you know, where there is just, like, an instrumental that's, like, um, there was, I don't remember their name now. It's, like, quartet something. But uh, they would do all the My Chemical Romance songs as, like, violin covers. And I was like, okay, the original songs were good. But, like, you know the song where it's like, oh, never coming home, never coming home? Like, do, do you know any of My Chemical Oh, Ghost of You by My Chemical Romance. I don't think you really listened to MCR, though, did you? I didn't listen to MCR. The only song I knew by them is that I'm not okay because literally every fucking emo girl would sing that and have, like, you know, the red eyeshadow on and and have the tie, you know, with a T-shirt or something like that, just, you know, trying to – and, like, no shade. Like, listen, if you liked MCR, like, I'm not shady. Oh, kid. I, I just wasn't a fan of the emo um, revolution that happened at some point. But um, it's like uh, just on that note, uh, D- Jack Black actually had a game. I can't remember the name of it, but he's Jack- the main character. What did you uh, say? Jack Black's amazing. You're talking he about like just D. Like he's amazing. I can't remember what the song, I mean, I can't remember what the game was called, but basically he's, like, the main character, right? And uh, and it's about, like, rock, like, heart, you know, like, his kind of rock and stuff, and about, like, facing off against, like, these other genres of music. And I remember, like, you, you there's, like, like, basically all the new music's coming in, and you gotta, like, defeat them, because, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, they're new, but they're the worst, they're the lesser version, right? And there's, like, a form where, like, you basically have to beat Evanescence. Oh, my God. Well, like, like, certain, you know, like, there's so many genres of rock, and not everyone likes every genre. Like, I knew someone who loved hair metal and Aerosmith and shit and absolutely hated Screamo. Like, uh, Ozzy Osbourne was in it. (laughs) He was one of the guys you could, like, buy your powers from. The best, okay, speaking about Jack Black, wow, this is so random, but, um, there was an artist named Dio who was, you know, part of, like, Yeah, Yeah, okay, so you know who, you know, He was in Tenacious D when Jack Black praised to him. So um, there was at some point I was listening to, like, the radio where – and this was before that movie came out. So I thought it was funny that they decided to work together because there was that one point where Jack Black – you know, he's just – he's silly that he did a, like – uh, a message to Dio saying, Dio, step down and hand me your torch. It's time for you to hand the torch to me. And Dio was on, like, this radio station going, I didn't know I had a torch to give. He was like, I'm not. <laughs> He's like, I'm not the, uh, the you know, 
the pinnacle of rock like but i guess in jack black's eyes like that is that who that was who the torch bearer of rock was was dio so to me i always then thought it was funny that dio was in tenacious d pick of destiny because then he was like all right i'll, I'll buy into this then <laughs> i do love when they're like there's definitely uh old like rockers and stuff like by the way the only rocker i know that's like really not probably pleasant is who was who it gene simmons um yeah i mean he's a he's a i i ain't trying to talk shit or anything like that but he seems a bit like not warm if that makes sense yeah 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 i was gonna say because with him like I'll, I'll see how he interacts with people and i'm like oh man but all the other ones seem pretty warm where they're like yeah i don't feel like i was like something big i feel like i was just a part of the scene and you're like well that's nice I think it's because Kiss became so mainstream at some point. Like, they blew up and everyone was singing their songs. It didn't matter if you were into rock or not. And it's like, so I think that sort of uh, maybe celebrity went to their head, whereas someone like Dio, who obviously, if you're a rock fan, he's huge. He's like, he's on the level of, say, like Ozzy Osbourne. But to the mainstream level, uh, ask any of of these TikTokers who Dio was. They'd be like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> and a new SoundCloud rapper. <laughs> yeah. Uh, ask a SoundCloud artist, you know, who Dio is, and they'd be like, I don't know who that is. So to me, it's like, you know, uh, I think that's the difference, right, between someone like Dio and someone like Gene Simmons. But I'm not that trying is- to talk smack about Gene Simmons because he scares me a little, so. <laughs> No, I'm just saying, like, I, the, my thing is, like, never met him, never, like, truly had an interaction with him. I'm just saying, like, there is, like, a ton of videos online where you'll be, like, listening to something while working, and they'll be, like, top ten reasons why I hate Gene Simmons. And I'm like, oh, well, this is going to be interesting. I will say uh, Paulie's the only SoundCloud artist who knows who Dio is. <laughs> oh, Paulie. <laughs> He was walking in the background. He's like, I'm a SoundCloud artist. I'm like, sorry, Polly. <laughs> He's different. You know what I mean. He's different. Um, He's different. But, <laughs> but, yeah, this went into, like, a whole, like, rock discussion here. It's, uh, well, but. Talk about music without talking about rock and all the other genres, especially when they have their own renditions of songs. Yeah. I love this. So, for anyone who's listening, Please go on YouTube and watch, and listen to the We Three Kings by Steve Omet. It's banging. But Brittany, what's your number eight? I think I'm trying to get out my lesser ones before I get into the ones with like my strong attachments to. But uh, I'm gonna okay. You're gonna laugh at me. I'm gonna do Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer because I'm getting my kid ones out there from. You're like following the same thing as like the Frosty the Snowman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's because those two were, like, banging as a kid. And also, I'm telling you, as a child, having to do, like, those little, like, school performances where you have to do, like, uh, like dress up and get a costume and everything, we did so much Rudolph the freaking reindeer to the point where I was, like, I didn't even know there were so many different versions of the song. Like... Like, there would be, like, some songs where you sing it, and then there's, like, a backup vocal where it'd be, like, it's, like, you should have seen it 
grow or glow and they're like like pinocchio and i was like i don't understand but okay (laughs) this is a new part to it but i'm telling you that song has been like ingrained in my brain but also i really love the uh rudolph the red-nosed reindeer like claymation as a kid do you remember those like the old ones like the old old ones oh yeah oh yeah okay Oh, yeah. I don't know. There's just something cute about, like, oh, yeah, there was this uh, there was this reindeer that was horribly uh, mistreated and bullied because his nose was a little bit different. But, hey, he saved everyone. And everybody was like, oh, yeah, now you're great. And it's like, okay, kind of <laughs> sad. But I guess you stick it. Not even Santa like Rudolph at first. Do you remember that? Like in the like in the movie? Oh, I was going to say, like, that movie I thought was, like, really cute. And, like, Rudolph was a super cute reindeer. And it's like, stop hating on him. I know. That's why I was like, I'm going to get my, like, cute ones out of the way before I get into the ones where I'm, like, obsessed with since, like, a kid. question before we go any further. Is, like, Mariah Carey's uh, song on it? On what? On the list? On the list. Yeah, it's on the list. <laughs> put it on your, you can put it on your list, though. No, I have plenty. I have plenty. It's not on my list. I just, like, I was sitting there going, wait, is Mariah Carey's? Not? I know, I just spoiled it. I'm sorry, everyone. But back to Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I love it. I love that you're starting off this list with all the cute, like, you know, uh, kid songs. You gotta go with the classics. You gotta go with the classics because... You know, I think as we get older, the, like, Christmas spirit starts to wane. And I think of the times where I really was so obsessed with, like, Christmas coming in the movies and, you know, putting out cookies for Santa, you know, all that, you know, really was during that time where, you know, you're a kid and you're excited. You can't wait for Christmas and you can't wait for everyone getting together. And, you know, because you think about, like, for me growing up, each of my grandparents were divorced and remarried. We went to, like, we had our Christmas. We had four other Christmases to go to, like, on Christmas Day. And I remember being so full and happy and having, like, not saying Christmas is about presents, but when you're going home with, like, four sets of family presents, you're like, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, for me, I only had one place to go for Christmas. So, but, you know, my mom, like, got me so many presents growing up so you know i'm an only child child (laughs) but um yeah i mean for me i don't think that i really listened to the rudolph the red-nosed reindeer song on its own it was just always while watching the movie you know what i'm saying um which i loved like all those claymation sort of movies you know the rudolph one freaking um wasn't there one about like the abominable snowman and everything they had like a few um that i thought were really cute no to like set up for later if it's a christmas movie with a a song within it that may not just strictly relate to christmas is it still game yeah, that's what I said. Like, uh, for me, I tried my best to go in, like, the non-traditional direction um, to kind of, like, zhuzh it up a little. I'm the traditional bitch. <laughs> no, it's cute. Oh, it's this What'd you say? 
thing because I said, oh, I'm the, the traditional bitch. And I'm like, over here talking about music and, and just, uh, I don't know, just the way our personalities are. It was just making me laugh. Oh, yeah. No, you know, you know. But I agree. I love it. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer slaps. Uh, <laughs> that's going to be our thing now. Now we're just going to say that constantly. It's, it slaps. It slaps. But I'm going to hit number seven. And I am going to go with a traditional one now. Um, and from a, like, cartoon and everything. And it's uh, You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch. That's so <laughs> that- good. Was That's that so good? No, no, it wasn't. I'm here for it, though. Okay, so I'm obviously not going to sing it, right? But it's like, it's from the, <laughs> it's from the cartoon movie, and it's like the baritone voice that the guy uses to sing, where he's like, "You're me." It's like it's just so it like builds up and it tells this story about how mean the Grinch actually is and I just love it so much and you when you sing it it's like you have to emulate how the guy is singing it like you can't sing it be like you're a mean one Mr. Grinch you know it's like no you really have to like you gotta yeah, like really your deep chest. in your voice for you like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying like that's how you have to bring that song to the table but I love the description of it like just talking about how despicable the Grinch is to me I I just think it's a great like little fun Christmas song I think it really, yeah, it really set up for it, like, uh, for exactly how bad he was, which, you know, as a kid, you go, oh, you know, he's so awful, and then you're an adult, and you're like, well, maybe he had a point. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My favorite. My favorite memes are the ones that are like when you get older and you realize you're the Grinch or you realize that you're Squidward from SpongeBob. It's like, oh. It's like maybe they had a point. (laughs) I I understand. (laughs) Like, that was like, you know, where the Grinch finds out, like, that Christmas doesn't, like, come in boxes and all in bows and all this and in gifts. And I'm just like, oh, I'm like, well, he he discovered, you know, Christmas is okay. It's just the stigma around it, how people make it that he hated. I'm like, um, sorry, I nearly started laughing and doing, like, uh, you know, uh, Ansley, when she watches Phantom of the Opera, where it's like, oh, she loved her enough to let her go. I, I don't know why that just made me think of that that moment. Ansley, you love Phantom of the Opera. Don't you love it? No, I'm, remember I told you that um, Ansley will cry at the end of Phantom of the Opera every single time. No, like no, no, no cap. She she will cry every time, and this isn't in a making fun of way. It's just in a laughing way because she will cry every time and go, "He loved her enough to let her go," and she will she will cry that exact same sentence. I know this because I've watched that movie with her like six times. Mm. It's okay, Ansley. I cry every time. At the end of Mulan, when all of the people of China bow down after the emperor has said, you have saved China. And I'm like, she was, everyone just thought of her as, I was like, everyone just thought of her as just a girl. She ends up saving China. Like, oh my God, you don't understand how emotional, have we watched Mulan together? Like, have you seen it in action, me crying? Like, no, can we set that up for the next time we see one another 
I cry. And it's like, I can't help it. Like, the emotions get me as soon as the emperor says, and you have, like, because you remember that movie? Because he's, like, scolding her at first, right? He's like, you lied on your papers. You put people in danger. You did this. And you're like, oh, man, he's going in on Mulan. How dare you? And then he's like, and you have saved China. And I was like, Every time, every time it gets me and everyone starts bowing to her and I'm just like, I can't, I can't. <laughs> <The power laughs> <can't. in. laughs> like that, that's me every time. So I understand Ansley's uh, plight when watching Phantom of the Opera. You just have those movies that, that do that to you. Trying to think. I, I, I don't know what makes me cry more than anything. Oh, Up makes oh. me cry. At the very beginning. Uh, Before you even single time. When you were like, I don't know. And in my head, I'm like, up, Brittany. You talk about it all the time. Yeah. Like, quick interjection before we just go back into the Grinch. Because I love, that's the one thing is that I like doing the song, uh, the, like, podcast, too. Because it does leave room to open up other conversations. Because, you know, there's only so much to say about the songs themselves. But they do lead into other good points. But, like. With Up, my thing is, and this is the whole reason, is I remember seeing it in theaters with a bunch of my friends in high school, and we're all sitting there, and everybody's, like, laughing, having a good time, right? And then it starts, and it starts the stuff with, like, oh, I started crying when there's still little kids at the beginning, because I sat there, and I went, oh, no, oh, no, she's not in any of the trailers. She's not in any of the previews. And so I knew it was coming after sobbing before it actually happened. <laughs> See, I can't deal with that. That would hit way too close to home, right? You know, I, I couldn't yeah. watch the movie. But, um, God, what was I going to say? Yeah, depressing-ass movies, man. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah. I was going to say with the Grinch, though, I do love that it it's very playful. I think it's like with Christmas, you don't think much about, like, villains, you know, with, like, Christmas time. Because it's supposed to be like, oh, yeah, we'll tell a story or there's a deeper meaning behind it. I'm telling you, Scrooge or whatever, that always freaked me out as a kid. I was like, I don't want no ghosty boys coming to my bed and telling me I suck ass. Oh yeah, that that's a powerful moment too, where he like the the Santa looking motherfucker like opens his robes to show like Scrooge that here's like the poor children that you have you know been an asshole to or something like that, and he's like, and Scrooge is like, are there no churches? Are there no something like saying the same thing? Like I don't know, I forget like what that is now. It's like supposed to be like a reflection of like something Scrooge said like in the beginning when people were asking him for money. Scrooge was an asshole. Scrooge was an asshole. He got better, though. He got better after he just uh, got horribly, like, traumatized. If you think about it, that was really traumatizing. You just have all these ghosts coming to you, telling you how much you suck ass and showing (laughs) you. (laughs) Oh, it's like, what's your life? Well, you suck ass and then you die and no one mourns your death. And oh. then this little tiny Tim who, like, you don't even know, but he's sad because he's tiny Tim and he's going to die because he they have no money because you don't give the family enough money even though he works constantly for you. You ask. And tiny, and tiny Tim's still <laughs> on that like Tim. 
Yeah, exactly. But um, <laughs> going back to before we like leave, like uh, not leave. God, move on to the next one. Duh. I'm looking at the lyrics for your mean one, Mr. Grant, and it's just so funny how they describe him, right? Like, you're as cuddly as a cactus. Like, uh, your heart's an empty hole. Your brain is full of spiders. You got garlic in your soul. I wouldn't touch you with a 39 and a half foot pole. Like, they're saying how awful this man is. <laughs> I'm telling you, the pole part is, like, my favorite part of the song because it, like, it almost, like, stops the music to, like, make those <laughs> words a little more powerful and then it picks up again and you're like oh hell yeah i like the one where he's like given a choice between the two of you i'd take the c6 crocodile it's like you can feel him like where he like builds up to it the c6 crocodile <laughs> like, <laughs> i'm telling you who who sings that song because that shit is the epitome of that shit slaps that's a banger like Song by MGM Studio Orchestra and Thrall Ravenscroft. That is quite a name. Thrall Ravenscroft. Is he a bike? You know what? (laughs) One of the cats is going to be renamed to Thrall. Come here, Thrall. Thrall. Like T-H-R-A-L-L? T-H-U-R-L. Ravenscroft. Let's look him up. See, this is what you get when you subscribe to the top ten with Tia. <laughs> you just gotta like look, because now I'm curious. He's an he was an American actor, voice actor, and bass bass singer, known as the booming voice behind Kellogg's Frosted Lakes animated spokesperson Tony the Tiger. Oh, you Tony the Tiger? That's so random. <laughs> No, he's dead. He died in 2005 at the age of 91. Good for you. Um, <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. That's so messed up and funny. Not, not messed up. That's like such a good thing. Like, good for you, man. Like, you, you stopped there. Like, <laughs> stop it. It was just the timing of it made me laugh, and I felt bad. <laughs> oh, my God. But let's move on. Let's move on to the next one. <laughs> Brittany, what's your number six? Okay, you're going to laugh at me, and I I should probably put this higher, but you know when you really want to talk about it, and you're like, I love this song. So, so, did you ever watch Santa Claus is Coming to Town? Santa Claus is Coming to Town, Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Is that it? Is that the one? It's the movie. No, but I'm saying, is that the, oh, okay, no, no, then I didn't. I thought we were talking. (laughs) Okay, it was another Christmas. And it's about, like, how um, it was Chris Kringle, right? And Kringle was a child. It's, like, in the movie, he gets adopted by the Kringle family, right? And they raise him as one of their own. Well, he becomes, uh, basically, he becomes. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt you. I have seen this movie. The claymation is just so, like, familiar there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Well, so, you know, he he ends up, like, oh, wanting to take toys to this town where the children have toys because the uh, Burgermeister, like, outlawed it. And the town looks very, like, he's very, like, German-looking and scary. And he's got, like, those overalls. But this is, like, this family. Not, not family. Sorry. Santa Claus. You know, he becomes Santa Claus to do this for these children. 
But do you remember there's a the ice wizard or I can't remember if that was his exact name, but he like anybody that comes through the forest, he tries to freeze them to death, basically. And uh basically Chris Kringle or Santa Claus wins them over and there's a song called One Foot in Front of the Other. I, I don't I, know if that's the exact name of it, but it's the story about like Basically, you can change. All it takes is, like, one foot in front of the other to, like, take the steps of being, like, a better person. And also, this dude hadn't, like, walked in forever. Like, he had to hold his arm to actually make him walk. But he, like, there's a part where he thaws his heart, and he becomes a good person. He just had gotten too hardened. He, uh, he just got too hardened. So the whole song is like I, I'm trying to uh, like let me look it up in a second if that's like the full name of it. It was one foot in front of the other because me and my dad would always sing this song together because we, me and my dad, watched this movie every single year, every single year. It's called "Put One Foot in Front of the Other." It's so good, Tia. I remember this. So as soon as I looked at the Wikipedia and looked at the musical numbers and saw it, I go, wait, I remember this. Like, I could start envisioning the scene in my head. And he does become nice after being, like, the Ice King. Oh, my God, was he the original Ice King? Remember in um, uh, Adventure Time? Like he was- oh, my God. No, I think about that because they do, like, have that familiarity. I think I'm trying to remember who else, like, there's a part where uh, in the movie um, Chris Kringle, because he's still, like, you know, basically Chris Kringle slash Santa Claus because Santa Claus was, like, his, like, alias. But um, he was going to die because he was just old. They had just gotten old. Him and Miss Kringle had just gotten old, but uh, they end up. I, I don't know what makes them live forever. I don't remember. I just remember there's one part where, like, uh, the wizard begs for just one little bit of magic because apparently, like, when his heart thawed, he re- started running out of magic. And, like, he's just, I remember him begging for just one little bit of ounce of magic left to just do one last good thing. And I remember it was so touching. Aww. Brittany. It's I'm emotionally attached to this song. <laughs> I love that. Um, no, I. it's so funny, like, the things that I watch. And I sit there and go, where did I watch these things? It said it was a television film, so I guess that's probably where I watched it. it. Play, yeah, it would play on TV every year. Play on TV, so that's probably where I caught it. But I do remember this movie. It was great. Oh, my God. See, these are things I see, right? And I sit there and go, I want to make sure, like, the next generation of kids see these things. It's like, I'm sure they have their things that are made for them, but it's like, I don't know, as you just said, like, this stuff is so near and dear that you sit there and go, no, it needs to be shared. It can't be, like, forgotten to time. I love it. I love it. I'm going to make sure, like, when I have kids, I'm like, you have to watch this. They're going to be like, what is this? What is this old <laughs> shit? Lame. It's not the newest thing. It's not injected into my mind. <laughs> like, <laughs> I actually watch it on a screen. But, no, I do remember the song, Put One Foot in Front of Your Other. It's quite playful. And, you know, that's the thing, right? Um, Christmas is supposed to be a happy time. Um, and it's supposed to be a time of, like, love and forgiveness and sharing one and like I think 
the thing is that when people say gift giving, you have to think of like a materialistic value, but gift giving doesn't need to be that. It could just be like, like a lesson here, right? Like, or just kindness. So it's, it's a nice uplifting holiday. Oh, no, you, you kind of maybe you kind of get me in the Christmas spirit. It's been, a, it's been a long time. I always have like issues when Christmas comes around about like feeling like oh, super Christmassy, you know. But now I'm like, you know what? I can get into it. Well, Christmas is weird because I only feel Christmassy actually on Christmas, right? Then I feel like the like the the Christmas power flowing through me, right? I want to listen to Christmas songs. I want to be happy. I want to like you know, be with my loved ones and everything, right? But that's only, say, like, the one day, as opposed to, say, like, Halloween. As soon as it's October 1st, I'm like, it's Halloween! Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I'm still laughing over one of my, my little brother's friends that listens to Christmas music on repeat. That you told me last week, and I was like, yeah. yeah she listens to it, like, in, like, January, February, March, it doesn't matter. Like, every month, she will listen to, like, Christmas music. That's why, like, she was showering at my parents' house, and I could hear Christmas music blaring from the freaking bathroom. I was like, who are you? Yeah, you're never going to find me in, say, July driving, and suddenly a Christmas song pop up, and me go, oh, let me jam to this. I would be like, get the hell off my radio. <laughs> Like, you have your own month. <laughs> you have your own month. Stop being a leech. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I love it. Uh, put one foot in front of the other. I would love to hear people who actually remember this song and comment and say if you agree with us that it's a great song about redemption. Um, let's move on to number five. What am I putting British in? redemption art. <laughs> let me look at okay this is a fun one right and granted like okay you've heard this song it's such a traditional uh freaking christmas song even like if you don't know some of the words um and it's feliz navidad <laughs> do you know that what i'm talking about cute. that sounds cute have you do you know what that song is have you heard it I have because my uh my memo would always like not my memo my uh my my I, I'm trying to go between like the changing of like the grandma names but it's like uh grandma uh Teresa would always freaking listen to this song over and over and over again during Christmas time and she would jam out she would like dance in the living room while listening to the song now an Italian, I should probably put something like Dominic the Donkey on, but I actually think that's like obnoxious, annoying Christmas song ever. I am not in the Italian spectrum that actually enjoys that song. Do you know what I'm song I'm talking about with that one? I, I, I don't know. If I heard it, I would know it. It's like hee ha hee ha, it's Dominic the Donkey, jiggity jig, hee ha hee ha, it's Dominic the Italian Christmas donkey, la la, and it's so annoying to me. I hate what? it so much. I hate it so much when it goes on. I'm like, this is the most annoying song ever. But so no, Dominic the donkey's not. Respect, but I can, I can feel, I can feel why you wouldn't want to listen to the song. <laughs> but I love the Feliz Navidad just because it's so. And, like, I don't speak Spanish, so I don't, like, obviously, I know Feliz Navidad means Merry Christmas, but I believe there's some other Spanish words, because it's, like, a hybrid. It's, like, Spanish and English. Um, 
so I just don't know, like, what else he's saying, but I just think it's so fun, right? Um, it's so uplifting. You can hear, like, the guitar. You get, like, really happy and everything. It's just, like, you know, to me, it's just a happy song. Like, when you hear it, it's like, I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. I want to wish. And you're, like, dancing and everything. Like, to me, it's a Christmas song that makes me want to dance. I would just say, like, that is one of those Christmas songs I would listen around, like, all year. That Yeah, that's, like, the one, just because it's just, uh, I don't know. It's just fun. It's, like, a fun song. And I think I saw something, like, um, trying to look it up, right? So when I was looking up, it says something like, uh, you know, Feliz Navidad. It was uh, made, you know, by this uh, Puerto Rican artist, Jose Feliciano. And I think it was, or still is, the, like, most popular bilingual song ever, right? Like, it's so popular. The thing about, like, in that time period, it probably wasn't easy to get a song like that on the radio now, like, like how it is now. Yeah, um, totally. Like, it was 1970 by Puerto Rican singer, songwriter Jose Feliciano. With its simple, heartfelt lyrics, the traditional Spanish Christmas near greeting Feliz Navidad, Prospero Año y Felicidad. Um, you know, it's like, it's it's a pop song. It's like popular. And I'm sorry for my horrible pronunciation there. Don't come for me. <laughs> um, you want to hear a funny story with Feliz Navidad? Yeah. So, uh so, you know how we have that really good Mexican restaurant in town, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I remember one that year. Down, unfortunately. What? That burned down, unfortunately. Oh, it's back and running. It's good. Yes. <laughs> she said yes. Uh, but, uh, so, I remember one time, I, I don't remember who we were eating with, was like, we had a waiter we really, really loved, right? And I, and I can't remember now his name because it's been so many years and he's no longer there. But uh, somebody was like, oh, yeah, I love that. I actually know his name now. He wrote it down on the ticket. His name is Feliz Navidad. And it was like, <laughs> he was to do Merry Christmas. He <laughs> told me he wrote it on the ticket and they thought his name was Feliz. Wait, have they never heard the song? Like, I feel like everyone knows the song. And I remember looking at it, and I was like, I think that's Merry Christmas. And they're like, no, it's <laughs> It's like, yes, his, his family decided when he was born, because he was born on December 25th, that his name would literally be Feliz Navidad. <laughs> like, I know. I, I remember that story so well, just because it made me laugh, because I think it's like, especially now, like, we're, I'm like, oh my, I'm like, that's the silliest thing I ever heard. I won't say stupid, but I'm just like, it's just the silliest thing. Yeah, I mean, if you don't know, you don't know, I guess, but. You don't know, now you know. You know, it's one of those things where it's not just like a phrase, right? It's a song that's been around for a while. You know, it's not a new song. It's been out since the 70s. So it's like you've never heard the song. To me, I feel like it plays on the radio all the time. And it's one of like the few Christmas songs that like if this played during the rest of the year, I could probably bop to it because it's just so fun. Like I love the sound of you could tell there's like an acoustic guitar in it that he's like jamming out on and everything and i like that so i feel as if it's just like a fun nice song that i could again i could bop to 
I don't, it's like one of those that, it, it, like, if it played in uh, Walmart while I'm shopping, I won't be mad at it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I oh, God. Do you know how many times, like, I walk into a store, and again, it's before Halloween, and suddenly you're hearing, I want to wish you, not, not Felice Sarada, I'm trying to think, like, what song would annoy me if, like, if Mariah Carey's, like, you know, song started playing, I'd be like, please stop. Please stop. All I want for Christmas is you. And I'd be like, it's not even Halloween yet. <laughs> Keep it away from me. Keep it away from me. That's how I feel. Like, again, like, I'm very particular as to when Christmas songs could play. <laughs> like, And I think it comes from working in retail, honestly. Because mm-hmm. when I worked at the bakery, um, he would uh, put on, like, Sirius XM, right? And as soon as it hit October, suddenly freaking Christmas songs are playing. And I'm sitting there going, I have to deal for three months with this bullshit? Oh, no. No, 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 no. I w- I'm telling you, retail will ruin songs for you because, like, wait, when I worked at GameStop, I could tune out the TV, but there wasn't music playing, right? It would just be ads playing over and over again after a while your brain just tunes them out, right? But uh, when I worked at Kato's, which, you know, was like a clothing store, it ruined sweater weather for me. <laughs> remember that song? Like, I remember loving that song, and I hated it. I hated it. It would play every three songs on the freaking, like, whatever radio they were using would play it after every three songs. And I don't remember the other ones, but I remember I hate sweater weather now. <laughs> I feel like TRL ruined a song for me i had to stop listening to trl because it would play the same songs over and over again and do you remember when lincoln park came out with their song breaking the habit and it's like i love i love lincoln park like i own both um uh hybrid theory and meteora like i wore those cds out but trl played breaking the habit all day long that I can't, to this day, I can't listen to it. Like, if I have, say, Meteora on, and it's just going through the songs, once it hits Breaking the Habit, I have to skip it. It's like I still can't listen to it this day. Like, TRL ruined it by playing it nonstop. I was like, Breaking the Habit is like, like, in the, like, heydays of YouTube. YouTube, like, every AMV, like, you know, like, those animated music videos would always and I could those AMVs as soon as I would hear dun, 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 like the start of it, I'd be like, nope. I've worn back up to the song. I still, I, won, I loved it back then, but it had such like an emotional connection because there would always be like freaking sad, sad like AMV songs to it. Can I tell you, by the way, the best A- this is so random. But the best AMV that I ever saw, and I would have to look it up. I don't even know if it's on YouTube anymore. But the best AMV was um, Daft Punk's Harder, Better, Faster, Stronger. Um, Oh, yes. AMV was all the androids from Dragon Ball Z and just, like, their transformations, like, starting with, you know, uh, 19 and 20 and then showing, like, 18, 17, you know, and then showing, like, you know, like, that was so awesome. I played that all the time just, like, to watch it and listen to it because I thought it was so badass. 
Oh man, now I will try to see if I can find it. I swear, remind me after this, I will try and find the AMV because it was probably like the coolest AMV I've ever seen. Like nothing tops it for me. But yeah, uh, just being in high school, just like doing nothing but writing all the time, like writing so much fan fiction. So much fan fiction. I tried to write fan fiction the other day, and I got a page down. And then I was like, I have all this other stuff to do. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Fuck. But um, let's move on. Brittany, what's your number four? Man, now I gotta look. Let me me look here, because we've talked a lot of good ones. Let me see here. Give me five seconds. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. This one was always sad to me, okay? Uh, okay? I'll be home for Christmas. Oh, you know, when I was looking yesterday, there was a list of, like, the top 60 Christmas songs, and I believe this song was made for, like, World War II soldiers. Yes! You know? It's so freaking sad! You can keep going. I'm I'm just writing. <laughs> Sorry, I had to like I had to bring up because I was trying to see if like uh, what year it was made. Let me see. I'll be home for Christmas. Like he's trying to bring up Michael Bublé. Oh, I was gonna say like Michael like Michael Bublé and Mariah Carey are like the two people that once Christmas comes, they're like it is time. Like remember, paid so much fucking money. Remember in The Lion King, right, Rafiki, isn't he the one who goes, like, you know, when it's time for Simba to, like, you know, to, he's to finally go and fight, you know, Scar, he's like, it is time. And it's like, that's how I feel for Christmas with Michael Buble and Mariah Carey. They're like, it is time. <laughs> I, guess, I guess for, like, Michael Buble, it was, you know, he is so much, like, does the Frank Sinatra vibe and Frank Sinatra was all over Christmas music. Yeah. It's kind of like, oh, this is fitting because I'm like kind of more the more slow nature jazzy feel of Christmas music. But for I'll be home for Christmas. I just remember I was like, oh, it's like the promise behind the song. And it's like, you know, about how badly they want to be home for Christmas. And they're like, if only, if only in my dreams. And I'm like, ah, Tia. No. So, the original I'll Be Home for Christmas was recorded by Bing Cosby in 1943, which makes sense because that's when we went into World War II. Yeah, because it ended 1945, right? Right, and we went in, like, the war was happening for years. We went in in yeah. 1943, and we kicked ass. Um, Just want to say that. No. <laughs> but uh, we have to put that down, man. Fuck you. Fuck yeah! Um, But sorry, guys. Patreon. (laughs) But uh, so so I'm just saying it makes sense for the time, you know, when it came out. But um, yeah, I agree with you, Brittany. It's a super emotional song, and up until yesterday, I don't know why I didn't know it was supposed to be a song for soldiers. I just was like, oh, this is a nice song. Like, maybe it's about family that live on the opposite ends of the country or on the opposite ends of the world or something like that, you know? I didn't think that much into it. I knew that it was a very lovely song, but now knowing the meaning behind it. Melancholy. Yeah, and knowing the meaning now just makes it so much better. 
uh, you know, we're sitting right now at a point where we're dealing with stuff we've never had to before, right, with, like, the pandemic and feeling like, oh, we lost an entire year, we've done the, you know, like, people are dying and everything is awful. But I do think back to, like, a certain point like that. Could you imagine, like, because World War II wasn't like, oh, kind of like, you know, now we hear about, like, certain wars or, like, the invasions, and we go, okay, it's more, like, tucked out of people's mind because you don't feel the effects of it. But you got to think about, like, in the 1940s with the war, it's like how many people were dying and how many people were, you know, not coming home. And then thinking about, you know, America did, they pushed so much into, like, the production of things. It must have felt like they were shutting down, too, for a while. Because, you know, the women were going to work, which was, like, not something that was really happening at that time and did push for women to go into the workforce, which was great. And, you know, causing that independence for that. But I think it's, like, I'm pulling that parallel between it's, like, I wonder what it must have felt like to basically feel the effects of it basically for a long ass time but feeling the effects that while it was going on you know there was such a push for production and all these movies coming out to like help the war effort and like visiting and trying to like raise soldier morale it must have been very interesting if you know what i mean so like not to get too political right but I just feel, say, back then there was so much more of, like, a unity to help each other out, right? Because um, I mention this all the time, right? So people just should, like, get used to it. But, you know, I love the HD podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, huh? I know you do. Well, just because, and I think, I don't know if I told you this, like, one one time when we were talking but like Ethan Klein and Gila were watching like a compilation of people who are freaking out over wearing masks right and talking about how it's against their constitutional right and you know this is repression and yada yada blah blah and it's like as a nation we're asking people to rally together to defeat something and all we're literally asking people is to put a mask on you know um and and Ethan Klein made the correlation where he's like, you know, during World War II, like, people were rationing things. The women went to, you know, the factories. Men went off, you know, and overseas and fought many dying. Um, and here people, you know, continued to support the war effort and continued to do whatever they could to make sure that, you know, America stayed together during that time. And it's like... Everything that was asked of people back then and people actually complying and wanting to do what they could as opposed to now where people literally can't do the simplest of things. And I'm not like for those who are listening, I know my listeners wear masks, so you are all beautiful. Like I know we all wear masks because we want this to be gone and we want to do what we we can, but it just frustrates me when it's like you see the difference, right? I don't know. I know that got like super freaking like opinionated there, but it, we're coming on a year, Brittany. When this whole thing happened, we sat there and go, oh, we'll be good by the time New York Comic Con comes around. Like, everything will be fine by then. And it's like, it's not fine. (laughs) I I think, like, my thing is, like, as a nation, we really praise individuality. And that's great, but it does open up for 
conflicts like this where people are like, well, I shouldn't have to because that infringes my rights. And it's like, just take the fucking vaccine because I'm telling you, there's people already in my town throwing a fit that we even have the vaccines here. And we're like, well, did the nurses have the choice? Did they have the choice whether they could take it? And they're like, yes, they had the choice. And most of them did it. You know, and they're like, well, that's good, but, you know, blah, 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 and I'm like, Jesus Christ, just like, I don't know, it's like, it's, and they're like, oh, you know, sheep wearing the mask, and I'm like, I'm telling you, for my part, like, knock on wood, I get horribly sick every year around this time, every year, no fail, I, you remember, last year I got the flu twice, it was like how bad I was getting getting those strains. Since having to wear the mask and everything, I have not gotten sick yet. Knock on wood, like not the flu, not nothing. So I'm like, okay, you know, if you needed proof right there, I'm probably the healthiest I've been in a really long time for that reason. I hate the whole thing of people calling people sheep. It's like, okay, so just as you decide not to wear a mask, I have made the decision to wear a mask. And it's not following people. I've never followed a fucking person in my life. Like, are you kidding me? Um, you know, and to me, it's like I definitely know that I'm a freer thinker than you are. I see the facts. You are clouded. Um, so, yeah. Just think about this song, right? I'll be home for Christmas, okay? And because of so many people in this nation not wanting to wear masks, not only can people not go home for Christmas because of this virus, but some people can't go home for Christmas because they're dead because of people, you know? So to me, it's like, I get it sucks. Like my family couldn't do Easter this year because of all this. Um, I'd like to be able to do Easter next year. Huh? I said Easter's big for you guys, too. Yeah, we're Catholic. Like, Easter's big for us. That's a big holiday. Um, and we couldn't do it. And I'd like to do it this upcoming year. But so, anyway, um, go Dr. Fauci. Uh, you know, <laughs> as soon as... I, just, the- I think it's interesting, you know, that definitely that parallel. I'm not saying, like, like, like comparing them like they have to be, like, so different like in that aspect but i'm just saying like it is interesting it's like we really gathered around for that situation under like a common goal i i really i really thought when this all happened that it would be almost like and i'm sorry to like draw this parallel but you know when 9 11 happened new york pulled together big time big rally it rallied together, and it's like, I agree with you. I thought that the nation was going to rally together for this. For a second, they did, but I think... So I much misinformation was passed around, and, you know, certain people in authority made it a point to say that masks are for sissies or wusses or something like that. You know, whatever hateful rhetoric that they want to use, right, the hateful language that they put out there, um, you know what I'm saying? So it's like I think that affected a lot of it, you know? I think, like, the Internet is a great thing but also a bad thing because people feel like, oh, I can just Google it, and if I find any information that supports what I say, then it's good. Like, I spoke to a guy that, uh, that you know, my family has known for a long time. He is the dad of one of my little brother's best friends, right? 
and he got out of the ER and I saw him not too long ago and he he had lost so much weight he ended up in the ER over it he got COVID and he just he looked rough and it had been like a good like month since he had gotten out of the hospital right but he had lost so much weight and I said does it make you mad that like you know you got such a severe version of it and when people get the lesser version they're like oh it's not that bad he's like he's like i'm telling you he goes it affects some people so different he said but he's like if i had not been in like better shape or already had something existing he's like that would have it would have killed it i mean and he was healthy before that point he uh he works outside every day he's a very you know very active person he didn't have pre-existing conditions but it about you know put him out of commission just because he got it so badly well it's like do you really want to gamble and find out what kind of person you are with the virus you know what i'm saying like i've had people in my family um who've had covid and it affected them very little but we also have someone a family friend who did pass away from Mm -hmm. it So, you know, it's just, it's crazy. Um, And I know this is like so off topic, but we can't help it. We're in the middle of this. It's constantly on our minds, for me at least. Um, I'm constantly thinking about it. And, uh, you know, I'm now thinking about the holidays where people just want to be together. And that feels so wrong at some point. Yeah. Well, it's like, um, you know, for where I live, it was interesting because, you know, you would hear about it happening everywhere, right? Happening everywhere. But you, you, we hit a point where we were like, I don't know anybody that had it. Not doubting it, but just saying, like, you're, like, you know, confused. And now we're at a point where it's like, say, me and Aaron, it's like, you know, some of his family members have had it. My family members have had it. And, you know, we haven't had it yet, thank God. But it's like you know it is it feels like you're at a point where you're like it's only a matter of time i remember when this all first started and i was like you know new york is getting a lot of cases and you were like oh well we don't have anyone here in ours that have it oh, yet yeah, cause we had only started with like one like when like because i guess so since we're such like r- like rural you know i've been like ten thousand people and pretty spaced out because remember you you know how spaced out our homes are oh, yeah. and 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 then you sit there and you're hearing about um, some of our biggest cases did come from, uh, I think, a church in, like, Greer's Ferry. Like, uh, their whole, like, I don't know what you call it, like, a group of church people, I'm trying to think. But basically, their whole church got it. And I remember that was, like, the first, like, big beginnings of, like, okay, that's not going to be good because that town comes to my town. Very, like, they're, like, hand in hand, even though they're hours apart. You know what I mean? Well, and that's another thing, you know, my grandparents are very religious. I mean, prior to this whole thing, they went to church literally every Sunday. They haven't been to church in like a year, you know, Yeah. you know, they're not going to risk it. Like they're not going to risk it. They just watch church on the TV. (laughs) I will say I've been proud of the churches around us. What they do is they do uh, like in your car, like, type like they'll have it outside but you just listen from your car um here during lent right like for ash wednesday and stuff um i think they like a priest is standing at a subway 
but he, you know, he wore the mask and the gloves and everything like that. And, you know, he was offering for people who wanted the ashes and stuff like that. Or I think there was even a church that did it in your car as well. So, you know, you do what you can pretty much. But I know that we went evolve and adapt, right? (laughs) Uh, You know, human progression is all about evolution, right? And this is a part of it. So there you go. Anyway, I know we went off track a lot. But, you know, again, as I just said, it's a lot to say. And I think that the song that you picked, I'll Be Home for Christmas, I think resonates a lot during today, even though it was made for, say, the war effort. Um, I think it resonates a lot today. So, uh, yeah. I guess technically you could call it a war, just a war with a very deadly virus and trying to get people to rally against it. Oh, my God. Someone said that. I think our governor, Andrew Cuomo, like called it a war. He's like, this is a war. Like, don't get it twisted. This is a war. And it's like, it kind of fucking is. <laughs> it's like, if it, what's crazy is I feel like if the virus had a human face, people would rally against it more, as fucked up as 100%, that sounds. 100%. 100%. My dude. <laughs> my, my dude. My dude. <laughs> I'm sure that cats are staring at me like I'm crazy She's talking a little bit louder. What's she talking? <laughs> <laughs> we get very passionate here, man. That's the thing. It's so funny. Like, Brittany and I are in two different states, right? Um, two different political states as well, you know? Arkansas, yeah. is, Arkansas is a red state. Uh, New York is a blue state. Um, and we, were, we both grew up probably with different you know, uh, religions, different, you know. You grew up Catholic. I grew up Baptist. But I feel like Brittany and I, and Brittany and I have a lot, like, similar, like, our mindsets. So I, it, it's just funny. It's always funny to me when we talk. <laughs> I know. It was me think about how funny it is, like, meeting someone that's so much like you, yet different, like, in the best of ways, through just, like, outlets, like, writing fan fiction, like, on a website growing up and going, hey, can I bring a friend with me so you don't murder me so that we can, like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was the first time I went to Brit. Well, you know, again, like the South and everything. That's where all those serial killers are. Um, so I don't your boss here. Come on. <laughs> but uh, where has this podcast gone? <laughs> I know. I told you. You know, that's the thing about I. I the one thing I appreciate about doing song podcasts is like these songs are great. And I love discussing them, but you hit a point where you're like, oh, what else can I add to this, you know, song about, like, uh, like, and you start to pull on either personal experiences or, like, current events to kind of have that relationship to it. And like you said, you know, with uh, I'll Be Home for Christmas, it does, you know, resonate with the pandemic. Yeah, 100%. Um, And, you know, a lot of these songs are meaningful to the times that they were written and, you know, performed. So, yeah, no, absolutely. I love it, um, and I love when it opens up the discussion. I am going to move on to the next one, uh, which will be my only, like, real religious song of the, you know, of the list. And I will say that, you know, we, we joked, right, Brittany, that we have Michael Buble and Mariah Carey that, like, this is their, their moment, right? They're like, oh, God. 
But there is one other player that we're forgetting about. There, oh, no. Do you know the artist Josh Groban? That sounds so familiar. So yeah, he familiar. sang the song Believe from the Something Express, I forget, or something. He has this, like, really, like, deep voice, and he does a lot of Christmas songs, a lot of, like, musical Christmas renditions and everything. And to me, it's like his time to shine is the Christmas songs. So I'm like, all right, yeah, I get it. Michael Buble with his like Frank Sinatra-esque songs and Mariah Carey, you know, with her very like high-pitched voice. But it's like, to me, Christmas songs are best performed when they're performed by Josh Groban. And Josh Groban has, you should listen to it. I, I love this song. Um, Josh Groban does his rendition of Oh Holy Night. And That's I- a good song. It's a good song already, and then his rendition of it with his voice, how, like, powerful his voice is, is so good. Like, yesterday, like, again, Josh Groban's version of Christmas Christmas song, Slap. Like, last night when I was looking up what to put down, I just started listening to all these Josh Groban Christmas songs. And to me, I sat there and I go, why doesn't anyone ever talk about him? Like, we all talk about Michael Buble, but his Christmas songs to me are just top-notch. Um, and I just love, love, love his rendition of Oh Holy Night. Um, and again, like, for someone who grew up Catholic and I still um, identify as Catholic even though I haven't been to church in years, it's like uh, these type of songs are so um, familiar to me. Right. Like, uh, again, when I was looking at the list, they had Faith Hill, her rendition of Oh, Come All Ye Faithful. And it's like, do you know that plays every every Christmas mass that I go to? And I literally started singing in my head, oh, come all ye faithful. <laughs> like, it's just like embedded in my head. But Oh, Holy Night by Josh Groban is almost top tier for me i'm gonna send it to you Brittany. you better listen to it <laughs> oh man okay I, was, I, I got you girl i got you <laughs> but i feel like if you heard a josh groban song you would instantly recognize like he does a lot of christmas songs i was gonna say i accidentally typed in a song that i'm gonna do later and apparently he's done a rendition of that song too he's done everything i'm telling you <laughs> He has a whole, like, uh, Christmas soundtrack. That's just his jam. No, I, um, Oh Holy Night, like, there is those, like, they're they're very powerful, those kind of songs. You know what I mean? Like, because it's like, uh, especially, like, I'm trying to think of the way you would call it. It's almost not eerie. What am I, what am I thinking of? Kind of in like uh like haunting in a good way. If that, I don't know how to say it. That's how I feel about his rendition of Oh Holy Night. It is a little bit of a haunting sort of rendition, but in a good way. And I like that. I think that that's a, you know, because going off from like a religious perspective, right? Because again, Christmas can be 
commercial, it could be religious, right? You have a lot of people who say aren't Christian who also celebrate Christmas just in the sense of, say, like gift giving and trees and, you know, not for nothing like uh, trees and reefs and everything are actually pagan symbols. But um, whatchamacallit, it, you know, there is supposed to be a bit of a like a reflection, right? Yeah. When it comes to, say, religious Christian songs, uh, Christmas songs, sorry thing is like especially with this like there's no problem with being religious it's just the part of like you know treating people you know fair and kind and all that with it and along with that it's like there's no problem with having those affection for those songs for the sheer fact of them being religious yeah i 100 percent agree like uh, to me okay so really quick two things right years ago when Miley Cyrus was, say, getting out of her Hannah Montana phase and getting into her, like, kind of crazy phase, um, she did something where she – I forget what it was, if she got, like, a tattoo or uh, was wearing a T-shirt, something where she was voicing her support for the LGBT community. And you, yeah. had, well, and you had all these, like – religious moms or something who were like oh my god i had my daughter watch your stuff for years because i thought that you were a good christian girl and now you can't it's not a christian symbol you can't put that kind of pressure on some kid but not just that miley cyrus said there's nothing more christian than loving people and it's like that's how i feel when it comes to things like that so (laughs) it's like there's that but I'm sorry, were you going to comment on I don't want to go to the next thing I was going to say. Oh, and- no, no. I was just laughing because it's like, you know, we are coming into, like, our new generations and stuff, and I'm just laughing. You know, I had my uh, my great-grandma that, that passed away this year, and, you know, she lived through, you know, the Great Depression and all that, and I remember there's no one I've ever hid my tattoos from except for her because she <laughs> told my cousin that if you get tattooed, you instantly go to hell. And I was like, well, <laughs> Granny, I'm hiding these from you because apparently I'm going to hell. <laughs> you going to hell, Brittany. <laughs> I never get them from my parents, you know, because you know how my parents are. My parents are so chill on things. That's like, but let me, and then my mama, which is my granny's uh, daughter, you know, she ended up seeing them and she's like, oh, I like those. And I was like, well, this is a stark difference. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I like what you said, like, Miley Cyrus is never meant to be, like, some Christian symbol. I don't know where that, like, Yeah, just let her be who she wants to be. It's like, what? That's like, uh, there was this anime I was watching where they, uh, say there's, like, a king, right? And the dude is, like, obsessed with the king, but he becomes obsessed with the idea of the king, and if the king doesn't live up to that idea, he's, like, he's not loyal to him, and it's like, why are you putting, that's... It's not your place to put those kind of, like, pressures on, like, basically a child at that point. Yeah, I didn't understand. I thought that was, like, the weirdest thing. And, like, I love how, like, talk as much shit as you want about Miley Cyrus, but I actually think she's really talented. Um, And I like that she stuck to her guns with that. Uh, That one song that she did was really good. Oh, yeah. She... Listen, I think she does amazing renditions of other songs. Like no like I love Dolly 
like I love Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton still is like queen, right? But I, I love Miley Cyrus's rendition of Jolene. Like I, I'll play that on loop. <laughs> no, it's so good. Cause I've been listening to like the Dolly Parton version. And I'm like, oh, that's really good. You know, Dolly Parton is like the queen of like making a song and then someone taking it and making it their own. Because that oh, Whitney Houston song was originally Dolly Parton. Even Dolly Parton said she was like, I don't want it to be considered my song anymore. She was like, it is hers. She made it hers. Thing, it is what? it is Whitney Houston's song. Like I <laughs> listen to. Dolly Parton again, like no shade to Dolly Parton. She's an amazing person, it seems like. But um Whitney Houston such a pure heart. She really does. She's been so helpful during uh COVID. She's a huge supporter of the LGBT community. Like she just seems as if she is this like amazing person. Um and she still looks great for her age, like let's be honest. <laughs> oh, I know. I, I just I feel like I love her song Nine to Five. Like <laughs> it's a classic. <laughs> I always laugh because when I ride on uh when I ride with Aaron on his motorcycle and the helmet has like you know, like Bluetooth in it where you can listen to music. And every time I put on my playlist, no matter as soon as we take off, nine to five plays. <laughs> and so it's become like my riding song of like nine to five. But um I don't know, I just feel like Dolly Port's got like such a sweetheart and just like Seems like a genuinely good person, like, not a show, just, like, and I've met people like that in my life where I'm like, how are you so good? Like, I can't find, you know, where sometimes people are like, oh, yeah, they're fake, you know, and I, it's like, I feel like she just, I don't think anybody has anything bad to say about her. No, I, I wouldn't know. I've never heard anyone say any sort of shit about Dolly Parton. Like, at all. So, um, I wanted to say really quick, by the way, going back to, like, say, church songs, there's this song that plays at church. Um, I don't know if it play if, like, it's just a Catholic song, but um, it's, I forget what the actual name of the song is, right? If it's, like, Eagle Wings or something, but the line is, like, and he will raise you up on Eagle's wings, right? Talking about, you know, like, Jesus and everything. Yeah. Um, my mom cries. Every time we're in church and that song plays, like, and the choir starts singing it, I don't know what it is about the song, right? It's a nice song, but I've never felt emotional over it. My mom sobs every time. <laughs> Your mom's going to hear this and go, you bitch, why are you calling me? <laughs> but every time I'll be at church as soon as it starts playing, I'll look over and she's got tears in her eyes and she's like, I can't help it. <laughs> funny how songs will strike you like Aaron like got amused to it's me because I said the song you are my sunshine makes me cry it makes me cry every time even I'm, thinking about the song makes me cry you are my sunshine my don't you do it to me bitch <laughs> don't you do it don't you when skies are gray you'll never know dear oh my god it's snowing again <laughs> I just looked at Wow, I just looked outside and I was like, holy shit, it's not I'm sorry, do you really start tearing up? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, song it's so it's very melancholy. It's like about I think I, I there I've gotta look it up. I think I have a deep seated memory 
of like someone in a movie crying that song, like to let someone know how much they like love them, like like a parent to a child or just something. And it always like was very touching, and I just it makes me cry. I know, I, I know. Uh, my grandpa used like, to sing. Like, I can see the Mandalorian singing it to Grogu. It's like that kind talk, of song. We don't talk about the ending of Mandalorian Season 2. I am okay? not talking about the ending. I'm just saying, I, you know, Mando loves Grogu. He does. He does. Uh, no, we're not talking about that. That's going to be too emotional. But anyway, I sent you, Brittany, Oh Holy Night by Josh Groban. Your homework after this is to listen to it because it's really oh, good. thank you. But, thank you. But let's get to number two, uh, which is your number one. What do you got? Let me look. Let me look. I'm I'm looking. I, I changed some things on like how I felt about songs as we were doing it. Okay. This one is like close to home, and you're gonna laugh okay. at me. Is it not Ah, I love this song. I thought you were going to do Mariah Carey. You were like, oh, yeah, it's on my list. There was just songs that were better. The reason I, I like that song is because, uh, you know, the big thing with our city is, like, the lights, the big light display they do. And there's this tunnel you drive through, right? And they have lights strung around it, and they sync to the music. And I'm telling you, that tunnel goes fucking nuts whenever Mariah Carey's like, all I want for Christmas is you. Like... It's awesome. So I had that connection to it. But with Jingle Bell Rock, it's like, so it's like, you know, with like Memo, you know, and I love my Memo, every year when we'd go over there, there was always something playing Jingle Bell Rock. And I remember doing stupid kid dances, getting really freaking down to Jingle Bell Rock. I mean, like really getting down to it. It's just such a fun song. And I think it definitely helped move into the you know, like, like rock coming into, like, Christmas music and making it more upbeat because we were so used to, like, the Christmas songs where it's, like, melancholy, you know, like, you know, it, like, at least for me growing up, because I know Jingle Bell Rock isn't, like, new, but I'm just saying, like, it really ushered in more, like, playful music because you got to think originally people thought rock was the devil. <laughs> so Jingle Bell Rock, where it's like really banging, and probably like blasphemy. <laughs> the power of Christ compels you. <laughs> um, I want to comment really quick on the Mariah Carey song before I move on to Jingle Bell Rock. Um, the only thing that is so iconic to me about Mariah Carey's rendition is the video of her singing it. Um, in New York City and someone taking the music away. <laughs> have you seen that? Oh, you know my God, that? I have. That her singing was so bad in person. Oh, for Christmas. Yeah! <laughs> Which I know I sound like a dying cat already, but, like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, my God. She was just probably like, oh. Yes, the thing is, like, um... They would always, uh, I remember hearing people sing, like, live and being like, God, they're terrible, you know. You know who does really good singing with no auto-tune, no nothing? Mm. Like, just really, just like, I, I sat there and heard him sing live on, like, uh, The Masked Singer, which I know is, like, live, you know, quote-unquote, but you got me. Yeah. It was uh, freaking T-Pain. He's got pipes for days. He's very streaming, by the way. 
Really? <laughs> I he's a Twitch streamer now, and he's freaking awesome. He made a bunch of beats live on stream, and then when all the DMCA stuff happened, he made those beats free. Like, Aww. no copyright to him. That's cute. Um, right? I'll tell you what the best concert I ever went to was, and I this I feel like saying this is going to get people to be like, you need to hand in your rock card. But oh, no. It was the Nickelback fucking concert. Like, first, let me say that Nickelback gets a lot of flack because on every album, they make one or two mainstream songs that they know is going to go to the radio, right? And it's all their typical songs, and people are like, oh, look how sappy they are. But if you actually listen to their... But if you listen to their actual albums, they are metal as fuck. Like, I... My ex-boyfriend um was very much like a purist metal head right like only listen to Godsmack and fucking you know uh disturbed and shit like that right and one time i picked him up in my car and i was playing nickelback right but it was one of the songs that you don't hear of and he was like oh this is fucking heavy as shit this is awesome like who the fuck is this and i'm like nickelback like, they... Uh, did he instantly dislike the song when you said that? Oh, no, he was just surprised. But my point is saying, like, they are actually, like, heavy as fuck. Uh, people just don't know that. It's actually genius to me that they just make, like, one or two mainstream songs an album because they're like, okay, that's going to go to the radio. And that's going to catch some projects on the side, moneymaker in the front. Yeah, exactly. So, anyway, they put on, like, the best performance. They were personable. They were energetic. They Their songs, like, they performed every song, like, perfectly right um it was a fun ass time they had a great encore to me i'm like nickelback was literally the best concert i've ever went to because they were the best band that i've ever heard in live action like to me that was great (laughs) great but like also i felt like they were almost rushing like like tired is i've i've seen was uh conway right uh they do a lot of times the college gets like concerts going right and that's a big thing for their students and stuff and the students get to go for free and i remember ansley she she bought me tickets like not bought the tickets but like like basically smuggled me one (laughs) and was like she's like here you go bitch we're going to see panic at the disco and they were awesome but it was almost like i just felt not that he was tired but just you know they were more about like like getting the songs out and really into the music but you know who is a crazy performer like like i wanted to cry watching them because i was like oh my god they're just amazing and beautiful and all the good things fucking kesha (laughs) she's amazing she was like touching the crowd she was like she like was down on the ground at one time freaking flailing her legs just hitting into the music and she had a part where like you know and and it's like with the group that was a lot were a part of like the lgbt group right and she had a part that she's like i don't care who you are you are love and they were all crying oh it was like it was crazy everybody was crying everybody was having a good time i was like dang i feel like kesha gets a lot of shit because she had really bad management um and they painted a picture for her that wasn't reflective of who she actually is because 
anyone who actually listens to Keshai here just absolutely adores her. They make it seem as if she is like the kindest person. And like, it's part kind of the same thing that happened with Kesha and her management and then, you know, and the way she had to get out of it. Well, you know, I mean, this happens so much in, like, the music industry that these young performers are just taken so advantage of. Her, JoJo, like, JoJo could have been a, a huge pop star if her contract hadn't absolutely royally fucked her. You know what I'm right. saying? Those um, contracts are scary. That That's, like, even in, like, the Twitch sphere. And, like, live streaming YouTube, you have to be careful, like, early on. Like, if people see hope in you and they're like, oh, sign this contract. And then you blow up in the middle of it and you're stuck making pennies for, like, mm-hmm. like 10 years. You're like, yeah, what do you do? Well, that's why a lot of artists want to just remain independent contractors because it's better that way. Um, but, yeah, Nickelback was like, <sighs> awesome i don't even care i'll say that with a straight face like you can hate me all you want i fucking love nickelback um and they sounded great they were like into the crowd they were fucking shooting off can i'm telling can i say this really quick like i know this has like nothing to do with anything but when i went to go see nickelback um two other bands were opening for them right and it was breaking benjamin and three days grace who are good bands but they didn't like they felt like they were rushing they weren't like energetic it was kind of boring i was like wow i'm bored as shit and then it's uh breaking benjamin and three days grace man i feel like i feel like with breaking benjamin i I don't know anything about them so this is just like assumptions like i know their song like diary of jane but I feel like when you hit the, the mainstream so hard, like, and especially with, like, the emo kids loved, you know, Breaking Benjamin. You do get more into the music probably more than just, like, a crowd interaction. Yeah, so they, I just didn't think that they were that good. So as soon as they ended, all of a sudden, the, like, fucking fire shot out and everything, and, like, the curtains opened up, and there's fucking like nickelback with like uh led lights and shit just like jamming like hard on the guitar and stuff like it's almost like they still have the love of like the craft in it yeah yeah exactly so i'm just telling you like i will never shit on nickelback i think they're smart as hell as we just said they make their mainstream songs they get that money in and then they have their amazing passion songs like on the rest of the album so yeah I love them, but going back to Jingle Bell Rock, um, I love this song. It has, like, the same spirit of, say, Feliz Navidad, because it's Yeah, it's like, you can really get, you're like, the song slaps. It slaps, Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell Rock. It's very rockability, right? It has, like, a little bit of that. And he's like, I forget, like, the whole lyrics, but he's like, swing and 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 You're like, you know, tree i think something it's just it is a fun song it's a really fun song um you can get into it and you can dance to it right because there's a lot of christmas songs you can't dance to but if you were say at a party and this started playing you'd probably want to start moving what you don't want to dance to oh holy night (laughs) no you don't want to get down (laughs) down and depressed no (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, that's messed up, but I love it. (laughs) 
No, but seriously, um, I think this is a great, uh, you know, a great number two to put out Jingle Bell Rocks just because, again, it's fun. Um, It's a classic. There's a reason why it plays, say, every year because it's just a great Christmas song. I know, and makes, but it's like you know, you do have those songs that you have like such tight emotions for it, and it's like I think it's like with Memo and stuff. It was just like I only remember hearing that song at her house, at her house every time, and I'm like, oh, Memo. Oh, I love it. <laughs> do you uh, do you hear it at all now, like on regular radio, or if you're listening to say, you know, pot, I don't know, listening online or something. I don't hear it as much. I uh, I felt like I was a little more prepared for something like this because uh, when I help out at the antique shop a lot, especially during Christmas time because it's like, because um, obviously like with Christmas getting busier and stuff, uh, they need a little more help. And they, uh, it, they always have like the country kind of like music playing, like where more like country singers do like the renditions of those songs. And they're really good. I feel like country plays with, like, Christmas music really well. And so, uh, like, but I don't remember hearing Jingle Bell Rock on that. I heard, like, Silent Night. I heard, you know, like, Little Drummer Boy, all these others. But I just did not hear Jingle I, Bell Rock. I love the Little Drummer Boy. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> It's a good. It slaps. It slaps. <laughs> Nancy always had like a saying that like we'll we'll like attach. What was the first one? It's like oh something bitch. I can't remember. I'm a boss ass bitch, bitch. But yeah, uh-huh. that's that was the very first time you came to Arkansas. We said that like a million times. Yeah, we always have our thing. So for this podcast, it's it slaps. It slaps. It slaps. It's a- um, you know, all of that stuff. But we are down to the number one on our top ten Christmas songs list. Um, let's go through the first nine before we get to the number one, and it's going to be number ten, we had Frosty Snowman. Number nine, we had We Three Kings by Steve Omet. Number eight was Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Number seven was You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch. Number six is Put One Foot in Front of the Other. Number five is Feliz Navidad. Number four is I'll Be Home for Christmas. Um, by the way, was there a specific artist for that, or are you just um, just in general? I, I'm probably thinking of being Cosby with it because it was, I remember it always had almost that, uh, not to compare, but like that Frank Sinatra vibe, like yeah. that kind of, that's uh, the croon, oh, the swoon. Yeah. I don't know how you say it. Like <laughs> it, it felt very old-timey. Yeah, yeah, that like like uh, swoony swagger, if that like makes sense. <laughs> but uh, what's gonna call it? Number three is "Oh Holy Night" by Josh Groban. Number two is "Jingle Bell Rocks," and number one is so. Remember last week we did the top ten best and worst Christmas movies, right? Yeah. Do you remember what the number one was? Like my number one pick for the best. Oh God, I can't remember. Okay. Because the number one here is a song from that movie. And it's... Oh, my gosh. And it's What's This from The Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, Nightmare Before Christmas. 
there's like I'm like trying to go through I, you know I've slept since then and I have horrible short term memory uh, I have crazy long term memory and that's why I remember every slight no I'm joking but <laughs> that's what says is such a cute song um, uh, go ahead well, I'm trying to think uh, who did a rendition was it Flyleaf that did a rendition of that Someone did a rendition? I'm sure they did. I just haven't heard it. Oh, uh, there's two volumes where they, like, you know, with Marilyn Manson. Well, uh, yeah, Marilyn Manson's, uh, like, This is Halloween is probably, yeah, like, that, that was a whole CD. They had, like, two CDs of, like, different people. Like, I know Fall Out Boy, I think. I think Fall Out Boy did a What's This? Because I think they did all the songs, but then they did a second version with other people doing the songs, you know, like Fall Out Boy or like My Chemical Romance and stuff like that, while the other first ones were like Flyleaf and Evanescence and all that. So I'm trying to think of who did What's This. It looks like Fall Out Boy did do What's This. They did good. I liked it because they like really picked it up, like had the emotion Because I think. Uh, I, I, if it, I finally did a version. I remember there's like a version that's like super slow and it's like, like very like very like trying to make it very emotionally soft, like but also still going. Well, Fall Boy was like really having fun with it, like really like like the wonderment that Jack had for you know like what's this. Well, I'll definitely have to listen to that because I do love renditions. Again, I loved Marilyn Manson's rendition of This Is Halloween. I loved Amy from uh, Evanescence, you know, uh, Sally's song. I thought that was just oh, she did really so, good. So beautiful. But my version, and I, and I definitely am going to listen to the Fallout Boy one because I want to hear it being fun. But my version for number one is going to be the one from the original soundtrack from the movie. Because I just love, like, the visual of it, too, right? You know, as – and I explained it last week, you know, and you know the whole object of, uh, you know, Nightmare Before Christmas, but just Jack in uh, Christmas Town, just like, what's this? What's this? There's coming anywhere. What's this? What's this? <laughs> like, and he's just so, like, mesmerized. He's very, like a puppy. Like a puppy <laughs> going into, like, the pet store to look at toys and sniffing everything. He's just like, what is this? Everything's so wonderful. Pies smell great. Children are sleeping, and they're not worried about things underneath their bed. There's presents under a tree. The, you know, people are joyous. You know, what a what a joyous little, you know, cute thing. Like, oh, my God, they're so happy. What is this? You know, like, what's this? Like, I just love it. Oh, God, I love just his, like, wonderment and all of it. I love this song because, to me, it's uh, when you when you listen to it, right, you feel almost the wonderment of Christmas. You're like, oh, my God, that's right. Like, everything is so amazing. Like, what's this? What's this? What's this? So, like, Christmas lights, the snow. They didn't have snow. It was barren. It was like a cemetery. Exactly. He's just like, what is all this? You know, and I kind of like also at the end of the song where he gets like almost angry, where he's stomping. He's like, what is this and he like then like hits into the pole because he's not paying attention (laughs) like to me i just love this whole shit 
I know. I lo- and I love Jack anyways because he's so kind of like goofy and like almost innocent but also scary as shit and also the Pumpkin King. Oh, yeah, I, does he <laughs> win Pumpkin King or is he just Pumpkin King? I've always wondered that. They never like said that there was anyone who was challenging him for the crown. <laughs> I think he just every year was just the Pumpkin King, which it's like, you know, before he died... Like, who was the Pumpkin King before that? I imagine that there's, like, a story of how Halloween Town was just, like, all these, like, ghouls and goblins who hated each other and were all, like, hateful. And then once he died, he, like, restored order or something like that. He became... I want, like, a prologue of, like, Jack's life. Right? Like, I want to know what Jack's life was before he died. I want to know when he died and when he decided that he was going to rule over these people because they really, I think I mentioned this, they are just utterly helpless without him. And they, they're they pretty, I, the dude that's like, Jack! Jack! Like, he starts, like, crying for him and he's the fucking mayor! Yeah, and he, like, can't, and he's like, Jack! <laughs> oh, like, I love his voice. That guy must have had so much fun doing the voice acting for him. I hope so. The voice acting on in that movie was just so great. There was not, like, say, one character that I sat there and said, oh, I hate their voice actor. It could have been done better. Like, I just think it was all amazing. Man, I like I love Sally's voice. I love Sally's dad's voice or the scientist that created her. I'm going to call her. Okay. <laughs> like like Boogie was awesome. Oh yeah, the boogeyman. Oogie boogie. <laughs> I remember like like uh when we watched it, like I remember seeing like there is the fight scene in Kingdom Hearts for Oogie Boogie. Mhm. But I'm, I was I was intimidated by him. I was like, Jesus Christ! Well, imagine watching that as a kid and being like, Who the fuck are you? <laughs> I'm telling you, in that end scene when Oogie Boogie thinks he's gonna, um, you know, toss Santa Claus and Sally into like that melting pot, and then nothing happens, and then he, you know turns the table and there's just Jack staring at him was like the fucking boss ass shit right it was like oh man he's like Jack you're dead I guess that would make you double dead (laughs) (laughs) double dead oh my gosh I don't think the ridiculousness of that kind of story in in, I mean those kind of movies where it's like well well (laughs) i just everyone delivered their lines so great like even at the end of that scene when jack is you know pulling on oogie boogie's string right he's like how dare you treat my friends so shamefully and he like pulls on the string and everything oh my god i love that movie (laughs) he's nasty did i lose you (laughs) i was like what happened Oh, I'm just saying the bugs coming out of him were nasty. So nasty. Is I feel like there's been a lot of podcasts lately where I've mentioned A Nightmare Before Christmas. Is this becoming my Silence of the Lambs? <laughs> Is this becoming my Silence of the Lambs? I'm surprised, Brittany. You bet if- your sweet ass. If I, I, if I, I had something Christmas related, I'd be on it. <laughs> <laughs> 
I was going to say, I'm surprised Brittany didn't find some way to snug this, uh, for, like, to say, oh, there was a song that he hummed or something, and it's a Christmas song. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, yeah, uh, number one is definitely going to be What's This from The Nightmare Before Christmas. I just love it. I'm going to check out the Fallout Boy uh, rendition because um, they're pretty good. They do a good job. Um, and I don't think that you should make this a sad song. I don't think you should try to do that. You know what I'm saying? Um, I listened to that in the Flyleaf version to, like, compare what I was like, oh, okay, you know, what was a little bit different. The only times I feel that, like, I mean, sometimes it works turning a song more melancholy, right? Like, do you know that song Mad, Mad World? Yeah, it's a sad-ass song, and, like, when it's, like, put as a sad song, but, like, the more upbeat, like, 80s version or whatever, yeah, which was a little was, odd. Which was the original version, and you're like, wait, this doesn't sound right at all, and then you listen to the newer one that's sadder, and you're like, oh, this makes sense. Same thing, like, you know how we were talking about how Dolly Parton said to Whitney Houston, like, um, you know, I Will Always Love You is your song now? And it's like, I feel that. I feel like it's Whitney's song more than Dolly's song. That's how I felt about um, Hurt from Johnny Cash. I'm like, that's his song. Like, that's not Nine Inch Nails. And, like, no disrespect to Nine Inch Nails. Theirs isn't, say, necessarily bad. But I think that if you ask anyone who knows the song Hurt, they're thinking of the Johnny Cash version. Didn't his wife die right, like, like before that song i think like he's the I, think he came, I think he came out with that song because june carter had passed away so sad they jenny catch is also from arkansas i believe yes he is uh yes he is um and june and johnny cash died like two months within each other so you know like real love story of the century well it's so sad I know. They loved each other. He couldn't stand being here without her. He loved June Carter. Uh, <laughs> I know that's like such a sad thing. <laughs> what did you say? He's born in Kingsland, Arkansas. I find Oh, my God. Did you ever watch the movie Walk the Line? Uh, I kind of did. I kind of did, but, like, it made me, like, sad about, like, doesn't his, like, brother die and his dad blames him? Yeah, that's like it should have been you, which is like such a dickhead thing to say. But um, to me, that was like my introduction to Joaquin Phoenix and to Johnny Cash's music. Like, so I just love that movie all around. But I just love the whole thing where Johnny Cash is always in black and they're always like, you look like you're going to a funeral. And he says, maybe I am. (laughs) That just needs to be my response anytime someone says, you're wearing too much black. And it's like, well, maybe I'm going to a funeral. (laughs) I know that his nickname was the man in black. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, very Westworld. (laughs) Oh, oh my God. Don't put me on that train, please. I I can't can't take it. Him and June Carter were married for a long time, and that's very rare in that kind of scene. I know he only, he stayed married to Vivian Liberto, Liberto or Liberto, for like uh, 12, like six, 12, 12 years, but he married June Carter from 1968 until her death in 2003. 
I mean, I feel, like, really bad because their love story does start with them both, like, cheating on their significant others. Um, but they, just, they really just wanted to be with each other, I guess, and nothing was going to stop them. But, Brittany, before we uh, wrap up here, do you have any honorable mentions that you'd like to put out there? Um, I, Let me look at my list real quick. Let's see. I had uh, Mary, Did You Know, uh, I had All I Want for Christmas, Silent Night, and I think that was it. Um, I had a few. I had, because um, I think this is just a funny song when you, like, envision it in your head and kind of messed up at the same time. I saw Mommy kissing Santa Claus. so disturbed. I was like, no. Like, that's terrible. Is Santa my new dad now? <laughs> um, daddy now. No, <laughs> I always hated the grandma got run over by a reindeer because I'm like, that's morbid as shit. And they try and add, like, that's a playful song. And I'm sit there going, you're running over grandma. Because <laughs> like, I'm always like, I think they, like, imply it straight up killed her. Like, in the yeah. Like, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, um, you know, she got amnesia, and she was being, like, taken care of by Santa, and then you're like, no, and the, in the song, she, she hella did. No, she hella did. They used it, like, hang on, I'm trying to, like, think. grandma got run over by a reindeer, one that the Christine you may think there's no such thing as Santa, but, uh, I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but it, it definitely is, like, she dead. Like, she- it's implied, it's implied. Um... I also had um, the song Chestnuts Ro- Roasting on Open Fire by Nat King Cole, just because his voice is so good with the it's song. Amazing. It really just, like, sets up, like, you feel warm. The, the song is about, like, chestnuts roasting, and you're like, I feel warm right now because of his voice. But so there's that. Um, the song Believe by Josh Groban, and as I said, uh, Oh Come All Ye Faithful by Faith Hill, which, haha, there you go, the faith, uh, but I thought oh that she, my gosh. which has anyone, like, heard about Faith Hill in a really long time? I feel like she disappeared off the face of the earth. <laughs> but, I don't know, I gotta know, too. But, Brittany, I enjoyed this podcast with you. For those who are listening, I hope you let me know what some of your favorite Christmas songs are. What do you jam to? What gets you in the holiday spirit? Um, I hope, by the way, I mentioned this last week, but I believe Hanukkah is over with now. So I hope everyone had a happy Hanukkah. Um, Brittany, before we go, why don't you let everyone know where we can find you? You can always find me at Twitch at Itty Bitty Brit. I've been playing a lot of, uh, well, I've played some scary games, but I'm playing Hades right now, which is a really fun game. It's uh, it's kind of like a grindy game, but it's pretty fun. It's just in the art style, the voice actor, everything's great about it. And then I played some uh, Vampires, uh, the Mac- Masquerade Bloodline, which is a game from 2004, and but it, it still holds up. I will say it still holds up, and you can bang everyone in the game. I have. I've made that my mission in the game. Um, but you can find me at Twitter at itty-bitty-brit0. I update a lot of my schedule stuff there, just general general goofiness and cat pictures. So you know how it is. And you can see Brittany trying to do a push-up, so make sure you check that out as well. <laughs> well first of 
first off, they were like, oh, get in the gloves. And then they were like, oh, my wrists are, like, messed up from painting. And so my wrists were giving out more than my actual arms. And someone titled that clip, but it's, like, my motivation in action. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. The things Brittany will do. Please make sure you check her out for all of these great little nuggets of entertainment and more. As for me, you can check me out on geekvibesnation.com. It has links to all of our social media accounts. Please make sure you give our YouTube Geek Vibes podcast a like, a, sub- a subscribe, all that good stuff. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram at TFAB. Check us out. Thank you so much for listening. Have a Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. Stay safe out there, everyone, and we will catch you next week. Bye, everyone. Have a Merry Christmas. Bye.